Hey moms, welcome to this episode of Mentoring Moments. This is one of the podcasts that are a part of a series where I share my 30 years of experience as a mom and 25 plus uh, years of experience homeschooling. Um, this uh, live video is being recorded and will post after it's done. And I'm also going to record an audio version of this um, to my podcast and website. So um, I am a wife to one, a mom to eight, a nana to six, and I'm the host of the Dorenda Wilson podcast and author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. You can find that on Amazon. I would love for you to subscribe to my website so you can have access to all the latest posts and podcasts. So go to DorendaWilson.com. There's 186 podcasts there and many posts full of encouragement. So just scroll down on the homepage and go into the search bar and you can find um, probably something on just about anything you would want to hear about when it comes to parenting and homeschooling. So as I mentioned before, we have eight kids, seven of whom are grown and out of the house. They've flown the nest. We have one left here. But when people found out along the way um, when our kids were home and they found out that I had eight kids, they would often say, you must have a lot of patience. Like, like having children automatically makes you a patient person, right? Uh, wrong. We all know that's not the case, right? I mean, some of us hoped for instant patience. We thought, I kind of thought, you know, I'm not going to be real patient, impatient with my kids because, you know, um, I love kids for starters and boy, I'm really going to love my own kids. So I don't know that impatience is really going to be a problem. Well, guess what? It was periodically a problem. So uh, that's one of the reasons I'm here today is because I know that it can be frustrating and I know it can be, it can really kind of weigh us down as moms when we feel like we're being impatient. Um, I think we have pretty high expectations. I, I feel like uh, there's a kind of a message out there that we can never be impatient with our kids. Um, and that simply isn't true, as you're going to find out today. So, um, for example, I'm going to give you a, 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 a sort of a true confessions example. Um, at one point, uh, we were living um, in about, you know, I don't know, 1,800, 2,000 square feet. Not, not, not a bad size home. I know a lot of people live in smaller homes. There were 10 of us in there. And I think it was probably in winter. Um, in the place we previously lived, there was snow in the winter. And I had just had it had it, had it, had it with everything. And so I proceeded, you ready for this, to run out of the sliding glass door, which was our main door. Um, I ran out as fast as I could, screaming at the top of my lungs because just, ah, because I was just so done. Now, can you imagine that? And then, of course, I get out there, and one, I'm very thankful that we didn't have uh, neighbors close by. We lived out in the country, so that was a good thing. But the second thing was, I'm thinking to myself, did I just ruin my children? Well, guess what? Most of my kids don't even remember that happened. But I just remember thinking, what have I come to? What what brought me to this point? You know, I was such a patient, kind person before all of this. But the truth is... Um, Parenting, it, it tests us. It, it brings out our strengths, but it also brings out our weaknesses. And I share that story with you because I was and am not a perfect mother. I did lose my patience, and I still sometimes lose my patience with the one kid that's still at home. <laughs> but the important, the most important thing I've learned 
is that going back and making things right with my kids was key. So taking responsibility for my part while also encouraging them to take responsibility for theirs. So sometimes our impatience happens because our kids are doing and saying things that are not okay. Um, And some of the response is just a natural response. And I've learned to recognize that when that happens, you know, it, it isn't, it's not an excuse for me to get upset and to yell, but it does, it is an opportunity for me to share with them, this is a natural consequence. If you did this same thing or said this same thing to someone else, they would get upset too. So pointing out the practicality of their behavior, um, that, that certain, you know, our choices affect the people around us. That is a really, really important lesson that I have seen um, not very well learned by kids who grew up and are not doing very well right now. So one of our jobs as parents is to make our children aware that their choices affect the people around them. So again, if I react to that, I am responsible for that. But at the same time, they are responsible for their behavior. So having that conversation without saying, I'm sorry, but, because that's never an apology. I'm sorry um, that I responded to you this way and reacted because I'm responsible for that. Um, And then we can talk about, you know, how uh, their actions affect the people around them. So that's a a really great... um, it's a really great thing to remember. Sorry, I'm getting uh, distracted by the comments. <laughs> I'll read them later. Um, okay, so the important thing, like I said, is going back and making things right, taking responsibility for my part while encouraging them to take responsibility for theirs. Okay, sometimes, um, oh, we have to remember that our negative emotions towards our kids, because sometimes we think we should never be agitated with them or irritated with them. But the truth is those negative emotions are often, um, more often than not, a red flag to help us parent better. This is what, this is kind of what God gives us to say, ooh, pay attention to this over here. Now, um, as a parent, I'm responsible to catch it sooner than later. So if I'm distracted or I choose to ignore um, negative behavior or behavior that I, I I typically would say is not acceptable, it's on me if I let it go on for too long. And generally, that is one of those instances where we will be impatient is when we have allowed something to go on longer than we should have. And as a parent, um, we have a responsibility in that. So um, we have to remember that we are training our children. So we're sort of like um, gatekeepers. We're we watch over them, not like a helicopter parent, but we just basically are watching and just mindful of uh, behaviors that um, and attitudes, not just actions, but attitudes that are not healthy. They're basically not good for our kids and ultimately aren't going to lead to a good place. I often try to think, would try to think as my kids were growing up, okay, that behavior right there, where that behavior is coming from with the attitude behind it, right? Because kids do, they do stupid things. They do childish things. But is the attitude behind it um, rooted in a character quality that eventually, not a character quality, but a bad habit or, um, you know, in something that is going to ultimately 
not land in a good place. In other words, what is that attitude going to look like at 15? So those are things we want to nip in the bud, hopefully early on, because good parenting starts very, very early. So quite often when I lost my patience, it was, like I said, because I let something go on for too long, either consciously or unconsciously. So um, how that would play out sometimes is all of a sudden I would realize that I was losing my patience a lot and I would make a point of asking myself, why? What's happening here? Um, That's an important question to ask. And then I would just become more mindful of what was happening around me with the kids, taking more time to observe and sort of be a student of them to kind of see what was leading to the thing that was irritating me. I also at the same time can watch my own heart and and sort of be mindful of my own attitude or whether I'm overtired or, you know, not that that's an excuse, but sometimes it can be like, oh, yeah, I'm cranky. I did not get a lot of sleep last night. I need to be a little more careful about my responses. Um, And maybe I should take a little rest today or go to bed early tonight. So these are, you know, these are things we need to be thinking about, asking ourselves why and trying to recognize and identify the problem. And I'll be talking about that a little bit more in, a, in just a minute. Um, again, we want to be a student of our kids because really what we want to do as we're disciplining and we're training our kids is we want to hit the target. So if we're just, you know, impatient and, you know, you know, punishing everyone across the board um, and we're not actually hitting the target, we're not really getting to the heart of our kids or the heart of the issue. And it's just going to keep coming up over and over and over again. I remember at one point... Um, you know, eight kids, same house I described previously. And I kept I kept noticing that, you know, there were little, you know, arguments over here and arguments over here and arguments. I was like, this is starting to drive me crazy. So I sat back and I just sort of like, I was still working and doing my thing, but I was paying attention to what was going on. And what I found was that one child in particular was the common denominator in every little argument and upheaval and conflict that was going on. And so that gave me a real clear direction on who it is I actually really needed to deal with. You know, obviously my kids, other kids are responsible for their response to it. But at the same time, when someone's going all around and poking the bear, you need to deal with the the one who's poking the bear, right? Because that's, that's not okay, right? So that was really helpful. It was really a great lesson for me. So let's talk a little bit more about how to have patience when our kids are misbehaving. So first of all, number one rule, expect misbehavior. I'm not saying you have a negative attitude towards your child um, or you're planning, you know, just always like, you know, just helicopter parenting and, and waiting for them to make a mistake. That's not what I'm talking about. Let them out on the leash, you know, let them do the things they're doing, go throughout the day. But remember that um, folly, the Bible says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. In other words, we're born foolish, right? We have to learn wisdom. And that is our job as parents is to teach and instill as much wisdom as we can in our children by the time they leave the nest, right? So understanding that they will misbehave. Um, I think expecting it helps us be more prepared for it. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, And remember that um, misbehavior um, is an opportunity, Okay, we often see it as an obstacle because it takes time, it takes effort, we have to think through things, we have to, um, you know, we have to 
dole out consequences. Um, natural consequences seem to be the best route on that. I talked about that a little bit earlier, but just a natural consequence um, for our kids is one of the best ways for them to learn their lessons. So when you're thinking about what the consequences are going to be, think about that. Think in terms of what would be a natural consequence for that thing. And if you can't think about it in terms of their childhood, think about it in terms of adulthood. So if, you know, Johnny smacks Joey, what happens when he's an adult? Well, he gets incarcerated, right? <laughs> he probably would, you know, go to jail or, you know, for, uh, I don't know what, I can't remember what the term would be, but um, basically, you know, so you want to maybe separate that child from everybody else for a while because that would be a natural consequence for not treating other people well, okay? So that's just an example. But, um, getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I want you to think about the fact that um, your children are going to misbehave. See it as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. So every time our children misbehave, we have an opportunity to teach them and to train them in what's right, in in what is, um, you know, things like treat other people the way you would want to be treated, right? That's the golden rule. So that's a question to ask. Are you treating them the way you would want to be treated? So we're teaching empathy. Um, that's an opportunity to teach empathy. It's an opportunity to be other-oriented. It's an opportunity to recognize that they're not perfect and to have to humble themselves and apologize and understand why what they did was wrong. And obviously, this is looks different at the ages and stages, right? Because early on, you're not going to explain a lot. You're just going to say, no, that's not okay, and dole out the consequences or whatever. I was a fan of flicking hands when they were very, very little, when they were touching something that they weren't supposed to. That seemed to be really effective. But again, it depends on how old your kids are. But the bottom line is we need to look at um, their misbehavior as an opportunity rather than um, an obstacle, even though it can feel like an obstacle. And one of the reasons that it can feel like an obstacle, this is very, very, very common, is that we don't have enough margin in our days. We plan way too much for every day. Parenting well should be a priority. Our kids' training should be a priority. Um, and so in order for that to happen, we have to build margin into our day. So when I'm going to go to the grocery store and I think, well, it should take me about 30 minutes um, to get all the groceries. Guess what? Plan on 45 or 50. You may have to stop and do some disciplining with your kids. You may have to stop and, um, and deal with them along the way. And so we want to make sure that we are planning margin in our day. We're planning time to train our kids. That is one of the big keys to keeping your patience. Because if you have time and you expect it, all of a sudden it doesn't broadside you, it doesn't inconvenience you as much because we get impatient when we feel inconvenienced or like um, we're facing an obstacle. We've got to get out, we've got to go do this thing and that thing. And so when we, same thing when we would get ready to leave the house, I would pad in extra time so that if someone was being difficult along the way, I could deal with them patiently. So building margin into your day, planning 
for time to discipline and correct and all of that and disciple, that is a huge key in having patience when your kids are misbehaving. Another thing you might want to think about doing, this was very, very effective. It is easy, especially for feeling impatient, to forget to slow down and ask questions because sometimes our kids are doing things because they're being creative in their heads or they're thinking about something that we're not aware of and it's playing out um, in real time and we don't understand. So, um, you know, sometimes I can, you know, I can't try to think of an, an example of that, but basically I want to slow down when my child does something that I'm like, why in the world did you do that? I want to say it in a non-accusatory tone. I would say to them, hmm, that's interesting. Why did you decide to do that? What were you thinking when you decided to do that? And you find out really quick whether they were actually thinking about something. And it could be kind of interesting. You could learn something new. They could have been really creative. They could be trying to do something good for you and not realize that what they were doing wasn't helpful, right? So, or you're going to find out that they were being impulsive, okay? So that's another um, another thing that, you know, that's a childish behavior <clears throat> that has to be learned and taught. We have to teach them out of that. We have to disciple them out of that, train them out of that, because um, we know impulsiveness is, is can often lead to not good results, right? It, it can eat it can be the same as foolishness. So slow down and ask questions and try to find out what is in the heart of your child. So um, as I mentioned before, there's a difference between childishness and foolishness. And let me explain what that looks like. Say your kids are sitting by the table and they each have a glass of milk and one of them's getting a little wild at the table. They're kind of messing around and pushing and doing all these, you know, little too much activity for the table, right? And you say to them, you need to settle down because you're going to end up spilling something and you just, that's not how we act at the table. So we need you to, I need you to settle down. But then they don't settle down. Maybe they settle down for a few seconds and then they start wiggling around again and all of a sudden they spill the glass of milk. Okay. That is childishness because they disobeyed. You told them, you gave them a warning. You told them what was acceptable and what was okay and what how they needed to um, basically show self-control. They needed to control their little bodies and sit a little more still at the table. Obviously, they're going to move around depending on the age. I hope you're kind of um, interpreting all of this according to the age of kids you have. I'm, I'm picturing like a five or six-year-old right now. So the spilling of the milk was a result in that situation of foolishness, okay? However, if the kids are sitting at the table and um, there's not an overabundance of activity and you didn't say to them, you know, you need to settle down, um, it's just, it, it just happened, you know, they swung their arm around and knocked the milk over, that's childishness, okay? Children are going to do childish things. And so recognizing the difference between childishness and foolishness is one of the keys in keeping our patience with our kids um, because we're, we're separating out what needs to be dealt with with um, some sort of discipline or training or whatever. And you, we can still correct the child 
that spilled the milk. If, you know, we could say something like, were you move, maybe moving around a little too much at the table? And, you know, so again, we're asking questions and, or why were you moving around so much at the table? What was that all about? And, you know, maybe their sister was pinching them. Who knows? But the best thing to do is to inquire and find out because then we're reaching the heart of the child and we're teaching our children wisdom. We want them to learn wisdom. So we want to be tuned into the heart of the child, not just manage their behavior, although, as I mentioned before, that is how it starts, right? I am not going to explain to my one-year-old why they shouldn't, um, you know, climb onto the kitchen counter, right? I'm just going to say, no, you can't do that. That is not okay. Flick, do whatever to you know, keep the behavior from happening again, right? So we start out dealing with behavior, but eventually as our children get older, we explain. We explain why they can't get up on the counter because they can now developmentally absorb that, understand it. And in that way, we slowly teach them wisdom. And again, the point is we want the hearts to change, not just behavior. And we don't want to exasperate our heart our kids' hearts, right? We want to stay tuned into their hearts so that we don't exasperate them because um, we will basically, that, that starts to chip away at the relationship with them and it also chips away at our authority, our role in their life as a parent. They're not going to want to listen to us if we are exasperating them. Now, it's going to happen, but again, we just go back and make it right. So, um, remembering that this is a process, right? Kids are not adults, right? So one of the ways that we can keep, help keep our patients is to remember that this is a training process. It's years and years and years. Now, um, there are some things we, we want and need our kids to learn fairly quickly, and some, some are better at it than others. Some push the parameters more, and you have to judge that for yourself as a parent as to whether or not there needs to be maybe a little firmer consequences for something they're really needing to learn quickly and soon, right? We don't want our kids running out in the street, right? So we want to be very adamant about um, stopping when mom says to stop hearing my voice and doing what I said, being tuned in to hearing mom's voice. Sometimes I would even have training sessions where we weren't in a dangerous situation. We were just outside. And sometimes we made it a game, you know, like where I said, okay, you guys play, 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 play. Okay. And I just let them play for a while, let them get distracted. And then I would say, okay, stop and see how many of them actually listened to my voice. And so you can do these little training sessions um, for situations that you want to make sure your kids are ready for. So um, kind of getting off off the beaten path here, Um, but remembering that this is a process. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Parenting is not a sprint. It is a marathon. We're training our children to become productive, caring, responsible adults, and this is a process, okay? Now, with that being said, our children are a long-term investment. Nothing good comes easy, right? When we're making a long-term investment, we are committed to that balance of patience and perseverance. Sometimes um, we're being where we need to be patient and other times we need to be persistent. I guess that's really the word I'm looking for. Patience 
and persistence. It's that balance of the two. Sometimes we need to be a little more persistent with our kids and other times we need to be more patient. And also one thing that I have learned over the years is there is a difference between grace and tolerance. Okay, what I mean by that is there are times that, you know, I'm kind of just trying to give my kids grace, right? I'm just kind of letting the leash out and I'm letting them do, you know, some things or press some parameters and or just waiting for them to maybe fix it themselves. Um, And then all of a sudden I just lose it, right? Well, guess what? I wasn't actually being gracious. I was being tolerant. There is a difference. And so that's another key to keeping patience. Make sure that you're not just tolerating a behavior. Um, because if you're tolerating, chances are your, your, your fuse is going to run out and you're going to be impatient and act out of in an, and in an impatient way. So a difference between grace and tolerance Okay, and again, reminder, children are not adults. Um, I realize I am speaking to a broad spectrum of parents. Every time I do a podcast like this, there are parents who tend to be authoritative. There are parents who tend to be more loosey-goosey, and um, maybe they uh, there's grace-based parenting, which there are so many elements of that that I love. There's, you know, there's just... It's a big gamut, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm speaking to the broad spectrum here, but I have seen parents who literally are expecting their three-year-old to act like an adult, and they get incredibly impatient with them when they're not. And these children have clearly just given up. They think, you can tell, they have just given up. They're so exasperated, they finally just went, forget it, I'm just not going to listen to her at all because I can't, you know, and they don't even know they're thinking that. They don't necessarily have a conscious process of that, but it's just their response to being exasperated. So there's that parent, and then there's the parent who just lets them go and lets them go, and then and then eventually when they get to the teen years, they expect to rein them in, and it doesn't work. Okay, you have to establish your authority as a parent, your role, your God-given role as a parent. God has given you these kids to train, um, to train in good character, to train to be responsible adults, caring adults, right? And so that starts very early on. So we have to remember our children are not adults. Their minds and hearts are still developing and there are some things that they just won't understand immediately, right? And so we want to be, again, tuned into their hearts, tuned in to um, just connected with and tuned into their hearts that we understand them and we, we understand when there's an attitude that needs to be dealt with or a behavior that needs to be dealt with and where that might be coming from. That's our job as parents to discern that. And, you know, I spent a lot of time praying for wisdom for that along the way with our kids. And God was so, so faithful. Um, And can I just mention too, that there are some things that our kids will not learn or learn well until they are out on their own. One example is a well-organized room. Can I just say, I've got um, a few different kids that I tell you it was a constant. I did room inspections every day because part of our daily routine was that they had to make their beds and tidy their rooms. And I would go in and check them because I it was my job to teach them, well, what does a tidy room look like, right? So I would do these inspections every day. And oh my goodness, sometimes I was just like, this kid is never, ever going to understand. And then again, at that point, sometimes it's like, 
you have to decide if that's a hill you're going to die on or not, or how, how far on that hill you're going to die. Um, but just to fast forward into where we are now, uh, one of my kids that was the worst um, is the most tidy out of all of them. Once he had his own apartment, it was a whole different ballgame. But guess what? All the things I taught him about organizing and what it looks to what it looks like to have neat and tidy, a neat and tidy room actually sunk in. But I didn't get to see the results of that until he was an adult. So hang in there, parents. I told my husband at one point, I said, if so I wish someone would have told me that there were certain things that I was going to actually say five thousand times, right? Because I would get impatient thinking, I can't believe I'm having to say this again, you know? And then all of a sudden I realized this is parenting, right? I mean, if it's something that um, matters and it's a hill to die on, obviously we're going to up the ante on consequences. But there's some things like, okay, a neat and tidy room. Yeah, that's a great thing to learn, but it's not worth breaking my relationship with my child over it. I'm going to I'm going to have him do, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be persistent, but I'm not going to ruin the relationship over it. So, um the next point that I want to make and suggestion on how to have patience when your kids are misbehaving is don't make empty threats. Have a plan of action because here's the deal, our kids know. They know if we're going to follow through or not. So, we throw out empty threats, it's not going to work. And then we're going to get impatient because they're not listening to us. Well, they don't listen to us because we don't actually ever follow through. Or sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. We've got to be consistent. And so having a plan of action is huge, right? So we're planning that there's going to be misbehavior at some point, maybe several times throughout the day. Some days are worse than others, but we have a plan and we know what we're going to do if it happens or if we're going out um, to a grocery store and maybe we're sensing that the natives could be restless and it could get weird or ugly in the grocery store, uncomfortable. Um, we're ready. I have left a cart full of groceries and hauled my kids out to the car because I said that's what I would do when they were misbehaving. And I didn't wait till the 10th time. It was about the second time or third time. Okay? So this is so important. Don't make empty threats. Also, one of the ways that you can decide what your plan of action is, is find their currency, right? We talked about natural consequences earlier. We also need to find their currency. Some kids love to be social and putting them alone is a consequence or, um, you know, that works for them. I had a kid who loved sweets, okay? So I would just say, well, you just lost, we're having dessert tonight, but you're not having any. You know, just find their currency. I remember at one point, um, two of our kids were, we were in a little station wagon, they were in the way back, and they were making all kinds of racket back there. It was just ridiculous. And I'm, I'm driving along and I'm like, okay, guys, you need to settle down. Hey guys, pipe down back there. And then at that point, I, I knew what I was going to do. I wasn't going to say anymore. We were pretty close to home. We got home. We had planned a family movie night um, with popcorn and cookies. And so when we got home, I looked at those two kids as we're getting everything out and they're all excited about it. And I looked at them. I said, oh, no, you two aren't going to be joining us for the movie, the popcorn or the dessert. And they were like, what? I said, I told you in the car 
to, to pipe down, to settle down. I warned you two or three times. You chose not to listen, so you chose not to participate in tonight's festivities. So they went to bed. Um, they ate their dinner on their beds. Um, they had peanut butter and jelly. While we had, I think it was pizza, popcorn, some cookies, some great stuff, all stuff they loved. To this day, they are now 18 and 20, and they will tell you that story because it stuck out in their minds. So, um, again, find their currency. Um, And don't confuse, I mentioned this before, don't confuse your kids by being inconsistent, right? We want to have a plan of action so we can be consistent. Um, Another reason that we can often become impatient is when we become afraid of what other people think and we allow that to drive our parenting instead of our already established rules and boundaries with our kids. Don't let other people's pressure, don't let other people pressure you into changing what you have already decided um, is best for your kids as far as boundaries go. Now, um, I'm talking about in the moment, you know, don't change them in the moment. That's just going to confuse your kids. Now, maybe somebody makes a suggestion that you'd want to consider. You can consider that and decide for yourself later on if that's a boundary you want to change. But don't let fear drive your parenting. One other really helpful thing that I um, did along the way that I learned, um, I wished I had learned a little sooner to help keep myself, um, help myself be more patient in the midst of my kids' misbehavior was to use what I call the pause button. And what I would often do is when things were just kind of like escalating and I could feel myself starting to go down that road, I would stop and I would say, okay, I want you to go to your room and I'm going to think about this and pray about this for a while. Don't be afraid. You don't have to deal with everything immediately. Now, obviously, when if your children are small, you have to deal with it sooner than later because they forget. But that's also, um, you know, an age where you can do it quickly. Uh, you don't have to do a lot of explaining. Um, you're just getting them basically to stay within the boundaries that you're setting. You're teaching them obedience. But... Um, There gets to be a point later on when maybe their mouthiness is, you know, they're being disrespectful and it gets us riled up. We've maybe engaged in a little debate with them and they're being disrespectful um, or they're not seeing. uh, They're kind of like digging in their heels. And I find myself getting uptight and ready to kind of implode. It hit the pause button. It's not worth it. It is not worth it to lose our patients because it never ends in a good place and our kids don't actually ever learn anything from it. Not not really. We don't really get to the heart of our kids. So hit that pause button so you can get to the heart of your kids and so you can preserve the relationship. Another thing we have to um, think about when wanting to have more patience when our kids are misbehaving is, you know, if it's something that is really a pattern for us, being impatient with our kids is like it's now the rule and not the exception. We really need to sit down and ask ourselves um, some questions. Um, the first thing we need to do is to I- identify the patterns. And so ask ourselves what things tend to drive us 
to lose our patience, okay? This is something we do, you know, quietly on our own. We're not going to do that in the middle of an upheaval. But when we have some time to think, when we recognize that it's becoming the rule and not the exception, we need to ask ourselves, what things tend to drive us to lose our patience? Ask ourselves if it's an issue with the kids or if it's an issue with us. Am I overtired? Am I not leaving enough margin in the day? Am I not taking care of myself um, and getting, you know, kind of getting my cup filled so that I can be more patient? That doesn't mean everything has to be perfect, but moms, we can't go on forever on empty, okay? So <clears throat> this can also be a red flag to um, have some self-care, to recognize that maybe we need to do a little self-care, so if we're, we're becoming incredibly impatient and it's happening a lot, um, maybe I'm not going to bed on time when I really should go to bed earlier rather than later, but that's when the kids are asleep and I can do the things I want to do and I end up staying up till two in the morning. Well, that's not going to go well the next day or the next few days. So we need to be mindful of that. And sometimes we're irritated about something else, right? So taking the time when we hit that pause button, that gives us the opportunity to sort of think that through. Am I irritated about something else? And because uh, sometimes we could be irritated with a different child or a situation or something with our spouse or um, just something that rolled through our head or something we saw, we scrolled through on social media or something that irritated us. And now we're irritated with our kids and we're impatient. So it's something, uh, these are questions to ask ourselves. Um, another question, I mentioned this before, am I trying to do too much? Am I trying to do too much at once? And am I, you know, like multitasking, too much multitasking, or am I um, maybe trying to do too many things in my day? Am I planning too much? Again, we need to make training our children a priority by leaving margin in our day for correction and direction. And our motivation is is for their good. We want what's best for our kids, right? In all of this discipline and correction and being patient, what's our goal? Our goal is to reach the heart of our kids for their good. We want to instill wisdom in them. We want them to not grow up to be fools, right? We we And that means we have to train them, right? So we do all of this for their good. The other thing we want to consider is, you know, maybe they're overtired. I'm not making excuses because we all need to exercise self-control. We do as adults. Kids do too, even if they're overtired. But it can make things harder, especially at a younger age and sometimes in that hormonal phase of teens. Um, And our kids are all different. Some kids, you know, really don't do well when they don't get their sleep. So we need to be mindful of that, disciplined in that area. Um, But in those situations, sometimes... We need to show a little more grace either to ourselves, if it's us, to them, um, and maybe a little grace and a, and a nap would be a good thing. I, I, I love that meme that says a nap and a snack can like fix almost anything, right? <laughs> and that's another thing. Our kids can be hungry. They can be uh, thirsty. Sometimes we don't even realize they haven't had enough water to drink that day. Um, I used to keep water bottles sitting on the counter so that the kids could just come and get a drink whenever they needed or if they started to get cranky or... I get headache, I would say, hey, have you had enough water today? You know, so there's these little things that we do as moms to nurture a peaceful environment in our home and to help 
us to have more patience and to handle life well and for our kids to have more patience and handle life well. Um, and then they're learning in that process that, hey, you know, as adults, they'll 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 have a reminder in their heads, wait, have I had enough to drink today? Or um, have I eaten? I notice I'm getting a little bit cranky. See, while we're training them, we're teaching, you know, while we're training them, we're actually not just training them um, for that moment, we're training them for life, even in all of those little disciplines. So um, again, we have to remember that kids are a long-term investment. They are growing and learning, and we are growing and learning as well. And we can do that alongside of one another, right? We need to stay teachable as parents. We don't have to have everything together. We just need to be willing to learn alongside of our kids. And we want to keep the heart of our child um, at the heart of our parenting. So I would love it if you all would join me in February. I'm going to be doing a podcast with my good friend Ginger as we talk about six discipline mistakes that parents make. So we're going to have sort of a continuing conversation about that in February in a podcast. Of course, I'll have more podcasts coming up between now and then. Um, But if you sign up for my website uh, at DorandaWilson.com, you won't miss a single episode. Um, And also, you will have access to a link for a free audio version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. So I am super grateful that you guys have been here today. I'm going to answer some questions. Um, But to everyone on the podcast, I'm going to sign off. Thanks so much for being here.